Do you ever wonder what it's like on the other side of the couch? Do you ever get curious about the conversations therapists have with one another? Or are you a therapist who loves to hear others talk about our work? If the answer is yes to any of these, you're in the right place. This is Therapy Talk, the place where therapists discuss therapy. I'm your host, Rachel Landman. Join me each episode where I invite my colleagues in the field to come discuss the work. Good morning. Hi, Danielle. Thank you so much for being part of this show today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's always good to chat with you. Absolutely. Why don't we get started by having you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. My name is Danielle Lewis. I am a mental health counselor. I am a limited permit counselor right now with Human Told. And I have been with the practice for, I guess, since I was an intern, so approaching a few years now. I was previously a paramedic, so this is my second career. So I, I really have taken a lot of that, I think, in with me. Um, and I reside in the New York City area right now, so it's definitely helpful to uh, to live in the area that people need support getting around and through and, and coping with. So that's just a brief bit about me. <laughs> okay, so it sounds like even in your previous career, you were in the helping field. Yeah, I have been helping field basically since I was an adult. That was uh, something I wanted to do since I was a kid, and I've always wanted to help other people, um, and I'm pretty sure I, I always will. It's something that's just a part of me now, and it's uh, been a, quite a journey, but and it's quite a choice to choose a helping field for, for both careers, but it's been very rewarding. Okay. What made you shift from the paramedic field to the mental health field? That was a bit of my own therapeutic journey, which is what made me really start to shift into a new career. I had a personal loss in my life when I was a paramedic, a death of a family member, and really needed to lean heavily into my own mental health and recovery and processing and found that I really connected with that work, really connected with the therapist I had. And I really saw there was a need for that work. Um, and it really felt like a proper time to transition because I was seeing that I wasn't really fit for the job as a paramedic anymore. I was really more in tune with prevention work and overall holistic wellness instead of just crisis management on a scene. Um, and that was a bit of, of what that transition looked like. Yeah, that's a really interesting way to think about it, that instead of kind of being hands-on in the moment, fixing somebody, you were drawn more to what can I do to prevent situations like these from happening? Right. Do you do you ever miss the paramedic field? I do. I miss it a lot. I think every time I hear a siren, which can be a lot in New York, um, it's it's a moment of, oh, I miss it. And then I'm like, but do I really want to be back in that? No, but it's just a part of me that misses the rush of it. And of course, that job was very rewarding as well. Um, but it definitely, it affects you in a different way than being a therapist. And I spent seven years doing that. And for me, that was enough. And I have learned from it and it helps me in my current work. And I'm thankful for that. Okay. That's really amazing to hear. And, and what a journey. What do you feel 
may have been some elements from your previous work that you carry into your mental health work? I would say a big part of it is I do very well with crisis management. So I think a lot of times I'm very comfortable talking about topics that, you know, some people are just not in this work. I suicidality, suicidal thoughts, these really harder, complex, scary things I've seen a lot. And it's something that I learned to function very calmly with and openly and non-judgmentally. And I actually enjoy being that person that can be like, oh my gosh, this is the first time I've been able to talk about it without someone panicking um, Mm -hmm. or being scared or uncomfortable. And that's a big part of it. And also just a very calm approach, I think in general to the work, it's no matter what you're going to throw at me, I, I stay pretty calm and I really have always talked to people, small talk skills, talking through processes and logistics. That's something that you really do as a medic. like, I'm going to be doing this procedure. I'm going to be doing this for you. And I find that it really helps the collaboration with my clients in the mental health field is I really collaborate with them and walk them through it. And this time I get to ask if they're good with that process because it's not life or death in that very moment, but it is a big part of how I collaborate. That's such a unique skill set that I think a lot of therapists really struggle with when they're faced with these crisis situations. They sometimes freeze or are not sure how to kind of manage it. Is there any advice that you can give to therapists who struggle with dealing with these crisis situations? The first thing I think would just be identifying what makes you concerned or fearful in those moments and the expectations you might have for yourself to fix in that moment. There is a lot of accepting that someone could just be that severely unwell right now or accepting that that's where they are and are you going to be more helpful if you go into crisis mode when they're in crisis mode? So I think a big part is much like when I was a medic having to figure out first was what am I scared of? Am I scared of messing it up more? Am I afraid of something actually happening to them? Does it trigger something in me that I need to process and really understanding your own fight or flight response and understanding also if that's something you want to work with, because if you, you know, if it's too much and something keeps coming up for you, then maybe that's not the clientele, but really just identifying what makes you scared first. Absolutely. That's a really, really important point. What about from the client's perspective when they're feeling in crisis and and they're going into a session, it seemed to not what kind of makes a difference between going to a session when you're in crisis and coming out of it, not feeling as much in crisis versus continuing to feel like you are in crisis? Yeah. I think it's just that sense of validation for them, the relief that they're not broken to be in such an exasperated, wanting to end it all, very just overly exhausted with the pain place. There's this validation that almost helps them that I see, I hear you, that you are, you want this to end so much, like you are in so much pain. I I hear you. And that is something they can walk away feeling not guilty about, not like they're going to cause anyone pain to share that. A lot of times, maybe if they share it with friends or family, they're afraid that Mm -hmm. they're going to cause them problems. 
and being the therapist and providing that when these clients walk out of the room, it's just truly giving them what we always talk about a safe space being truly walking away, feeling like even the worst things they might say, they can still feel safe with that. So that really do you feel is what makes the difference between a person being able to come in with crisis into a session and leaving, feeling a little bit less crisis. Yes, mm -hmm. I think that that safety and that validation really just creates the space we always promise we'll hold for them and they can talk unfiltered and really trust right. that. What, what can a therapist do to ruin that when somebody comes in with a crisis? Like, what makes a crisis worse? Then? I, I would say wanting to shut them down too soon and being like, maybe almost leaning into toxic positivity. Like I know it's this bad right now and I know that it's hard, but if we work, we can get through it and we can cope with this. And of course there is a time and a place for coping with that deep depression or sadness or, or suicidality. But in reality that may harm them in that moment because they don't want someone to tell them that positive side. They want to just be heard with how low and how real what they're feeling is. And mm -hmm. then, you know, moving away from the comfort of a therapist, if they're scared, that just shows that maybe, ooh, maybe I shouldn't talk about this with this therapist. Maybe this is not the right fit. And then they start filtering themselves and not saying the things that are really on their mind, which again, we could cause them harm if we are closing it down way too soon. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm guessing some listeners may wonder, well, I never have a crisis in therapy. Like, does that make me not a good candidate for therapy? Of course not. I mean, everyone is a good candidate for therapy. It's, it is absolutely for everyone, good, bad, best days of your life, worst days of your life. I know I talk a lot about working with clients that have been in crisis. That is a bit of, of what I find I have slowly started specializing in here at the practice but I also absolutely love those moments where clients come in and they're everything is good and they're coping well and life is beautiful and they're learning how to sit with life being beautiful in the small moments and we all need therapy we all need the neutral space we all need to process our emotions to learn about our emotions to just be able to vent about a week or a day you don't have to be in crisis to be in therapy. It is for just an overall betterment of yourself. Yeah. And it, it almost sounds like this misconception that therapists only want to hear what's bad, that we're like so happy to hear what a wonderful day you had today. And yes, I, to about so all fun. the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> It does. It's like if I can smile with a client at some point and during the session or have a laugh, like that is also just as fulfilling. You're like, yes, this is good. <laughs> does it ever feel like in these moments you're not helping the way that you want to help or does it not do that? Mm, some days, because I'm human, I'll be like, oh my gosh, am I, am I helping the way I want to be helping? Whether it's client specific, whether it's just in general for a week, I'm like, did I help anyone this week? And I'm just a human. And then I have to do my own work of being able to focus on the small wins too. I always tell my clients it's the small wins because if we wait till the big wins come along, a year could pass and we've lost a year of life and enjoyment. And so 
I do that to myself. I'm like, okay, what small wins? Did you feel different in a session this week? Did you smile a little bit more? Did you feel proud? Did you just feel maybe none of the good things, but you didn't feel bad. So like, I'll take that too. So I do have some of those moments, but a lot of it can be imposter syndrome too. Yeah, that makes sense. It's quite a large responsibility that we hold. It's different than being a medic, a paramedic, a surgeon. It's a different kind of life that we hold in our hands and the responsibility of it sometimes can feel like a lot. It is. It is. And I think when I transitioned from being a medic to a therapist, that was a big and probably still a bit of a growing pain. It's like, okay, I have 35, 40 minutes with this client or this patient when I'm a medic, give them to the hospital. It's theirs. But as a therapist, they're, they're yours, they're yours. And it can be long-term and you have to be slow, patient, steady, and you don't have to rush things. And that is a big difference in the type of work that I'm, I'm still working on learning. And I think have grown in, but absolutely, it is a different relationship. It is a much, it's as much of a responsibility, but it, it takes a different form. Absolutely. What do you think makes you, like sets you apart from other therapists? Or what do you think is your unique kind of thing about, besides feeling really good at handling crisis? <laughs> I feel like I am a very personable therapist. I feel that there is, a diet, like, and of course, rapport is really important and that we make sure that we have it and I'm a good match with the client. But once we know and we're through that part, it's just being very personable and, and real, I think, with my clients about what they're going through and how I process with them. And because some of the skills and modalities I use are more collaborative in nature, it really is a personable, I'm not there to be superior than you I'm not there to make you nervous I'm not there to hold the power in the room which we all know we have to acknowledge that we we do technically have that power in the room but not to push that onto them so mm -hmm. just to be personable and real and human and I I find that even in my own experience with my own therapist, it took a while to find someone that was personable that was a match with me. I want to feel like someone is a human on the other side of the room. And I really believe that I bring that to the clients now, that they can feel like I am a human and not just a therapist, that those are very much one thing. And, you know, we have laughs, we have smiles. And I think that is part of what might be different about me and not very strict or cold or very very traditional um so I think that does set a little bit apart got it that I would 100% wholeheartedly agree with that <laughs> um thank you so much Danielle for taking the time today to speak with me and sharing some of your thoughts they're so insightful and helpful to understand um and I really appreciate your time today thank you thank you so much